This is a sicha on Likutei sicha is chelik tesvav the sicha of Chanukah Aleph. In the nusach that we say after lighting the menorah, we say anoiris alolu these candles that we light. So there are three expressions. Anoiris alolu shalom adlikim these candles we light. What are they for? To remember the Teshuis and Nisim Niflois. So let's translate the translation of the Kohos uh, Siddur. We kindle these lights to commemorate the saving acts. Teshuis. Nisim, which the miracles. Niflois, the wonders which you have performed for our forefathers in those days at this time. And then it continues, it says, throughout the eight days of Hanukkah, these lights are sacred. We are not permitted to make use of them, but only to look at them in order to offer thanks and praise for your great name to your great name, for your miracles, your wonders, and your saving acts, your salvations. So we have here the need to understand why the order is changed. In the beginning it says, for teshuas, for saving acts, for miracles, and for wonders, and in the end we say, and we give thanks to your name, to thank you for the miracles, the wonders, and the saving acts. Change of order. So we have to understand what's the reason for the change of order. Now, as well, base, we have to understand for the fact that in Hanedis, we don't just talk about these candles are being lit for your miracles, but we say for your miracles, for your wonders, and for your acts of saving. So it means we understand that the mitzvah of Hanukkah is a remembrance not just for one kind of miracle. It's not just for the miracle that the oil burned for eight days. Square bracket says that ever, first of all, that kind of miracle is not referred to as Yeshua's, as being saved. Saved from what? It's a miracle. It's not, wouldn't be referred to as being saved. Also, it's, that's one kind of miracle. That's a Ness. But we're talking about Nisim, Niflois, and Yeshua's. There's three kinds of miracles. So we understand that we lighting the candles actually is because of a few different kinds of miracles. All the kinds of miracles that Hashem showed us at those days, in this time period, the time period of Hanukkah, and as it ever points out in our other four, in footnote four, we know that there's another miracle that, uh, that is applicable because we say that women are obligated in the miracle of Hanukkah. They were part of the miracle, and Rashi says, actually, part of the miracle happened through a woman. We know Yehudis, the daughter of the Kohen Gadol, was instrumental in killing one of the Syrian generals, which helped to further them, which was a big miracle, and it turned the morale of the enemy on its head. So we know that there's not just the miracle of the, of the, of the actual oil that we're reminiscing, that, we're, that we're, we're celebrating by lighting the candles of Hanukkah. It's all kinds of miracles that happened at that time. But they generally are divided into three categories. Nisim, Yeshua, and Flores, as we're going to explain how those three categories, what they mean exactly. In, in and itself, of having three categories, though each one of those three categories is mentioned in a plural. Teshu'ais, nisim, nifla'ais. So in other words, each one of those categories, we also understand there are several details or there are several miracles within each category. The fact that we've now established that the, from the Hanayr Salolu is the mission statement. These candles we light for this and this and this reason, and we said three kinds of miracles, and those three are also more than just individual three. They're made up of, 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 uh, of more than one in each compartment. 
But the fact that we've spoken about these candles being a remembrance of the various miracles, not just the actual oil miracle, this will take off a very strong question about how we remember the miracle of Hanukkah. You see, by the miracle of Purim, let's contrast Hanukkah to Purim. Miracle of Purim, we have an obligation to remember the fact that we were saved from Haman, the wicked Haman. We have to remember it by day and by night. The night of Purim, we must read the Megillah. It tells us the story that we were saved. However, the victory of Hanukkah, we don't find that we remember the military victory, the victory that we were saved from the great mighty armies. We don't find that we remember it at night. Where do we talk about the military victory that Hashem delivered in, a, in an open, miraculous way? The weaker army of the Maccabees and the smaller in number army of the Maccabees and let them be victorious over the stronger and much more numerous army of the Greeks. We don't mention it at the night of Hanukkah. What do you mean we don't mention it at the night of Hanukkah? We mention it in Va'al Anissim. It's in the prayer we say by davening and by eating. For one second. What the Rebbe means to say is that davening mairiv is of a lesser obligation. It's called in halacha reshus. It's voluntary. Of course, the halacha is that today we daven it as if it's obligatory, but technically it doesn't have the same weight as shachar semincha, the, the davening of the evening service. And also, there's no obligation to eat bread at the night of Hanukkah, even as the Rebbe points out in footnote 8, that there are Rishonim that say that there is an obligation to feast and to rejoice. But even if you're eating, uh, even if you are of the opinion that you must eat a su'udah on Hanukkah, it doesn't have to be at night. So it could be at night you won't be benching. It could be at night if you're not following that, that the, the, you know, the, 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 the simple custom that Tfilas uh, Meir is also obligatory, but it's not the same level of obligation. So it comes out there isn't a full obligation to speak about the military victory at night. Why not? By Megillah, we have to remember at night and by day. Why by Hanukkah don't we remember the miracles of the military thing, which are said in Al-Anissim, but why don't we have an obligation to say it at night? Uh, now we'll understand. Since the, we're saying that the kindling of the lights of Hanukkah is a remembrance not just about the miracle of the oil, but also about all the other miracles of Hanukkah. So light, this, this, we are remembering. We are obligated to light menorah at night. And that menorah is reminding us of the military victory at all as well. Ah, you'll say, what do candles have to do with victory? No, we find in several places that one of the ways to express remembrance and praise to Hashem is through lighting candles. And the Rebbe brings in a footnote, something you wouldn't know if not for the Rebbe telling it to us, that it says in Valanisim that they were victorious, and when then they went ahead, they kindled lights in the court, your holy courtyards. So we assume that means the menorah. No, that says plural, in the courtyards. And actually, the menorah was lit in the courtyard, it was in the Heichal, it was in the chamber of the base of English. So the Rebbe points out in a different sikha that, and it's referred to here in the footnote, that Chatzis Kotchech actually means that there was celebratory lights kindled all over the courtyards of Yerushalayim, just like we find by Simchas Pesach Sheva, you would light candles to make more, like big lights to make more joy. So the lighting of candles reminds us also of, the, of all the miracles that happened at that time. Aye, so why do we choose candles? Why do we choose lights? No, because there is a miracle that had specially to do with lights, the oil that burned eight days. So we do lights. reminds us of that miracle in particular. And all the other miracles also included. We're thanking Hashem for the miracles happening at this time. 
So the Rebbe says, we've taken away a big question. Why don't we find an obligation to remember the military victors at night? We do. Lighting of candles is celebrating those miracles as well. And that's also, says the Rebbe Gimel, the reason why there's a difference in the order between the three expressions in Haner Salolo. In the beginning, we're talking about three kinds of miracles that Hashem did to our fathers in those days. And therefore, we're going to go in the chronological order. We talk first about Teshuvah, saving acts, then we talk about Nisim, miracles, and then we talk about Niflois, wonders. Because that was the chronological order, the way, in, the way they, in, in the, in, in the, um, in the, um, calendar, that's the way they developed, that's where they unfolded. First there were Teshuvah, saving acts, then there were Nisim, then there were Flois. However, at the end we say, and this is why we thank Hashem, the end of Allah Nisim goes, that's why we want to thank Hashem's great name. For what do we thank Hashem's great name? For the Nisim, for the Niflois, and for the Yeshua. So first we talk about the big ones that make us want to thank Hashem's name, even more than, and then we talk about something slightly reduced, then we go to the one that's most reduced in terms of its wondrousness. Now let's explain how this, uh, how this works out in the actual wording and in the details of how the miracles are called. So Dalit, here's the explanation. The difference in content between talking about the Shuis, Nisim and Eflois is as following. When one has a Milchama, a war, against an adversary... And if that adversary's koiches, forces, either, either, either uh, quantity or quality, if they're somewhat of an equal match, again, could be this one has 100 people, this one only has 10 people, could be the 10 people are agile and more, and more motivated, so they actually match up to the 100 people that are facing them. So, so long as there's some kind of a match, so in order to win, you need Yeshua, Hashem. Hashem has to save you, that you should win. Because naturally, either side could win. Sometimes this side wins, sometimes this side wins. They're, they're somewhat, they're not totally mismatched. However, it's Hashem saving if you win. But that kind of victory and being saved is in a way that it looks somewhat natural. It's not a wild miracle. It's totally higher than, totally higher than nature. Because according to the laws of, of, of nature, you could. There could be a victory to either side. So that's a saving act that Hashem does. A miracle, when you talk about nace, miracle is a saving act. Interesting, I think all, all, anytime you're saved, it's a Yeshua, it's a saving act. But there's various kinds. There's the one that's more natural. Now a nace is a kind of a Yeshua, that Rabbi uses here the word. Nace is a Yeshua, but it's also a Yeshua, it's being saved. But the miracle is a, a, a saving act that's higher totally than nature. Opposite the ways of nature of the world. For example, a military victory in a way that the side that's smaller and weaker overpowers the side that's totally more dominant and stronger. And in a way that, by the natural order of things, impossible that the smaller and weaker army should win. So such a victory is a nace. It's a totally higher than, than nature miracle. What's niflois? Niflois are things that they elicit a wonder, a wonder by the person who sees them. They're not obvious miracles that are totally, you know, antithetical to nature. Because you could explain them that they are also unfolding through natural ways, but still, it's something that's, that's, that, that's upketilt, it's, it's, it's separated, 
and Uzgitelt, it's um, it stands out from regular natural working of the world. And that's why it creates a wonder. Wow, it's amazing. It's Inyan Nifla. It's something amazing. Like the Rebbe says here in square brackets, as we find by the redemption of the Alter Rebbe and Yuteskis of the Alter Rebbe said, this is something that Hashem did hifli. Hashem did a wonder in in our earth. Now, let's analyze. The Geula, the redemption of Yutas Kislev, came not in a totally higher-than-nature way. It came about through the fact that there were uh, government, government ministers that listened to the claims and the answers of the Alter Rebbe, and there was a lot of, there was Ishtadlus. People tried and spoke on his behalf and tried to, to, to ease it. However, together with that, it was not just nature. It was something peladic, the fact that everything actually came together, they actually agreed to release him. This is a wonder. But it's a wonder that has some kind of a some, some kind of a base or an explanation or a way that it could unfold in nature. So we have Teshuas saving things that yeah, look natural. Nisim, which are totally unnatural, and the Flois, which are they happen being they unfold in nature, but they wow, that's wondrous that all these things came together. In Horus 16. There's a totally different take on Niflois. I, I, perhaps let's come back to that later. Okay, so b- based on these three clarifications, hey, these three kinds of being saved by Hashem were in those days, in the days of Hanukkah, were in a certain order of events. First, there were saving acts, some kind of a balance, where, but Hashem showed that he saved. Then there were Nisim, that's total miracles. And then they flow things that are wondrous. Let's understand. The beginning of the victory of the Hashem was immediately in their town, their town Moedin, where Matisio and his sons were living. The Greeks wanted to offer up a Dovar Acher, as it's referred to, a pig. And the Hashem Maccabees said, nope, we're not going to allow it. And they fought with them and they won. They got, they got rid of them. I just want to call your attention to Ha'ara 17, that this story is to be found in a book called Yosifun, Josephus. And the Rebbe writes, see the book of Hashmoinoim. There's a book called the book of Hashmoinoim. Till now, says the Rebbe, I haven't really found that in the books of Poiske Yisrael, the books of people that are deciders of halacha, that they should, this book of Hashmoinoim should be mentioned, brought down as, a, as an authoritative source, except for once in the book of Baal Halachas Gideles, Hilchas Seifrim, even though it is indeed mentioned in Seda Hadiris, it's an authoritative book about history. It's this story, however, that they wanted to offer up the Dover Acher, or perhaps the Sefer Hashemunoi. It's brought in a Sefer called Me'ore Naim, but it's well known the not such positive approach or the, circ- the, the suspicious approach to this Sefer. Ain Kamakemi, it's not the place to, to go into that. I, I mentioned this, the Sefer Me'ore Naim. Many of us, Chabadics know Ma'ir Naim is a sefer by the, by the Chernobyl, by the Remnachim of Chernobyl. And he was a Talmud of the Baal Shem. So that's actually a very authoritative sefer. The Rebbe is referring here to Ma'ir Naim. I looked it up. There's a Ma'ir Naim, a book of history that was written in, uh, was it Middle Ages perhaps, by a Yid called, um, his name was Azaria ben Moshe Minho Adumim. It is, uh, or Della Rusa. I guess it has to do with, with red. Um, so his book is a book of history, and his book is, is has uh, has elicited some 
Chachme um, Yisrael, some some of the leaders of Israel said that um, back then that you can't rely on his book necessarily because he wasn't respectful enough to the words of Chazal. But anyway, the Rebbe said this is not the place for it. So the Rebbe is quoting this story that takes place in Medin. We do know that it happened. The Rebbe is also telling us that you have to be careful when you look at the various sources that there are to make sure that they're brought by authoritative things. I, I wanted to pull that in the Ma'ir Naim because my instinctive reaction was, one second, the Ma'ir Naim is a very authoritative sefer. We all know, so I'm going to say a parenthetical thing here. We all know that Rebbe teaches us from the Ma'ir Naim everything every Lubavitcher knows that there's a nitzitz of Mashiach in every Yid. The Rebbe quotes from Ma'ir Naim. So of course Ma'ir Naim as a Talmud of the Tov is... A, is, is, is is very precious to us. Here he's talking about a Meir Naim, a, a historian that's many generations earlier who, while the Rebbe says, this is a story that happened. So let's go back to the, to the Sikha. Sorry for that, uh, that footnote. In the Sikha, the Rebbe is saying that the initial battle took place in the place of Medin, and Hashem saved them, that they were victorious in the battle, but there wasn't an overwhelming force of Greeks situated in Moidim. I don't. It's not that the Greeks anticipated that this would be a flashpoint that they had to put all their forces in. So it wasn't an open miracle. Then later on, oh, that aroused the Antiochus, the Greek Empire, and then they sent a big, huge army of the Greeks, and many more than all the Jewish soldiers put together. And they had then we 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 were blessed with an open miracle that the mighty and the many were delivered into the hands of the few and weak, the Yidin, who were menat seach. Um, Similarly, the Rebbe, has quote, um, the Rebbe quotes the subsequent battles as well, or 18, in Yerushalayim and so on. Up until the major battle, till then it was small sporadic battles which needed Hashem to save, but it wasn't such an open miracle. Um, right. And the Rebbe quotes, uh, there's, um, there's a, a book called Megillas Antiochus which tells us about the miracles. This is printed in many Sidurim and Machzerim of, of the Sephardic origin. And they used to read it on Hanukkah. And there's also a Medrash called Medrash Hanukkah. So there's many, uh, many, many details about these battles. But till the big battle, that was a, there were other battles that were called Teshuas. Okay, so then you had Teshuas where Hashem saved, but there was some kind of a, you know, uh, some kind of a, an even balance on some level. Again, the Rebbe had already told us, not necessarily in numbers, but certainly in, in prowess, in agility, in ability. There was, then you had the huge miracle where there was total imbalance, and we, that's the one we mentioned in the Baal Anissim, that Hashem delivered the mighty in the hands of the weak, and, 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 and right? After the victory of the war, then the Hashemenoim went into the Beis Hamikdash, and they saw there's no oil to light the menorah because the Greeks had made everything tomei. All the oils of the heichal had been made tomei till they found one little jug of oil, one flask of oil, which was still placed there with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. And the fact that they found the oil was taka is it's not an open miracle. Even says the Rebbe in square brackets, if you want to, if you really want to argue and, and 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 belabor the point, you could say that it was even a natural thing, because you know why they didn't find it. They didn't find it because it was placed according to Teisvus. It was placed in 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 a in a sealed place in the ground, which is something that's unusual. So they wouldn't have looked for it there, especially. 
there was a special office that they, a lishka, that they kept oils in, and it wasn't there. So the fact that they didn't find a, a, a flask of oil that was embedded somewhere in the earth, they didn't think to look there. So that doesn't necessarily have to be such a big miracle. It could even be natural. They overlooked it. And by the way, says the Rebbe in the brackets, according to this, we will understand how they were so certain that this oil is pure and that the Greeks hadn't made a tummy through moving it. There's some kind of a tumor that can be, even if it's an unbroken seal, but if somebody impure with certain impurities had moved it, become tummy. The Rebbe is answering here a question, and I don't see a footnote here. I'm thinking that this is a, is this a question that, that, um, that is not brought elsewhere, and the Rebbe asks it and answers it. If anybody hearing this uh, shear has any more uh, <laughs> information on this, I'd love to hear. At any rate, so it could even be that it wasn't even a miracle that they overlooked the thing. Could be it was a miracle, but if it was a miracle, it was a wonder. It's not going against nature. It was a, uh, but it is definitely a wonder, according to all opinion, because niflois, because all the other oil, the, 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 the Greeks managed to make impure, and this just one managed to be overlooked, and it was, and the fact that there was even one, in the, even if it was in the ground, yeah, there just happened to be one in the ground that was overlooked. Oh, wow, that, that's amazing. So it's amazing, yeah? But it's not opposite nature. It's not ness. So we have three finds of miracles. The savings, when there was some kind of a, a, a matched battle. Then the ness, where boom, there's a mismatched battle, and Hashem brings a military victory, decisive military victory to the Hashemunoim. And then there's the wonder of, wow, we found oil. Those are the three things. Teshuei secha, teshuei nisim in place. Then says the Rebbe, of course, then we have another miracle that defies nature. What's that miracle? It's another miracle. After they found the oil. The fact that the oil lasted for eight days. So, but that already gets included in the plural of nisim. But the first ness happened chronologically, second, that was followed by something that was just a wonder, finding the actual oil. And then we have another ness, just like we have other Yeshuas and Niflois in plural. So now this order of Nisim, of course, says the Rebbe in R27, that when we say in the Nusach Aneris Alolo, right? It's also going on this miraculous miracle that the, that the oil burned for eight days. This is part of the same, it's going on the nisim about the military mismatched victory. It's totally miraculous. And it's also going, of course, it's, a, it's plural nisim. So it's going on the miracle of the oil. However, as the Rebbe re-emphasizes in R27, we're saying, the beginning of Anir Salalu is saying, the first chronological uh, sequence of miracles. Savings, miracles, above nature, and then wonders, and then, now they can all be mixed up again. Just to point out, says the Rebbe, that the Meiri says that actually the first night of Hanukkah is not really an out of world miracle that the oil burned because there was enough for one night. Right? So, according to the Me'iri, that part of the miracle only starts again on the second night. So definitely we have the order. Savings, above nature miracles, and wonders. Somewhat in nature. 
says that have involved this order of teshuisness when it flows is when we're talking about the chronological order, the way, they, the way it happened. When, however, we talk about praising Hashem's name, so then there's a different order. Because first of all, you've got to thank Hashem. What's going to make you want to thank Hashem with, 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 with great joy? The above nature, the nisim, the things that are totally defined nature. You see those come from Hashem. You want to right away thank Hashem. Then, when you think a little bit, you realize that even those things that are wondrous, wow, that's also from Hashem. Even though if somebody wants to make a mistake, he could make a mistake. He could say, no, that's just natural. But still, if you, if you contemplate, you're honest, you'll understand that's also from Hashem, a wonder. You'll thank Hashem for that. And then you come to the realization, one second, even those things that were savings, there was some, it wasn't mismatched battle, but the fact that we won, it's not above nature. It's not even so wondrous, because yes, one side had to win, and we were the side that won. However, we have to also thank Hashem for that, because Hashem, La Hashem HaYeshua, the saving comes from Hashem. Because nature itself actually emanates from higher than nature. It's Hashem who decides nature. And therefore, even the Yeshua, also the salvation, the saving act, we thank Hashem for. To go deeper in this, says the Rebbe. So we've answered it basically, we've answered the thing that the beginning of Alanisim is the chronological order that the miracles took place. And the end is the order of amazement, because we're talking about, you know why we thank Hashem? For these things that happen. So we start with the one that elicits the most amazement and go downwards. To say something deeper in this. Zayn. Vayidin, the hashpa, the bringing down of chayus, of energy, chathila is comes from Hashem. It comes from a, a level of elikus of godliness that's higher than nature. It's just that Hashem's Ashpah, Hashem's pouring down of this energy comes in a, in a clothing, in a garment of nature. In other words, besides, in addition to the fact that nature itself is, is, is run by Hashem, and therefore in its essence, in, in its true being, it's really higher than nature because it's Hashem creating a nature. It's higher than nature, in other words, the way the world translates nature just being haphazard or natural. No, 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 this laws of nature are Hashem governing and creating. But even the natural things, the way by a yid is, is, is life is operated by nature, it's actually just an external garment for the way Hashem is conducting himself with us in the way of nisim. It's just the way Hashem operates is in, in the, through, through the garment of, of nature. But really what's operating here is, is miracle, is higher than nature. It's expressing itself in nature. And therefore, somebody who has eyes that are lichtika eigen, says the illuminated eyes, he can see the truth. He can see through the facade and see the truth that everything that's happening is, a, is, is ness, is miracle. And so therefore, the, the garment of Teva doesn't even have at all, any, any, any uh, standing by him. And the Abba says in a footnote, this is discussed at length in other sikhs. As we've discussed many times, says the Rebbe, about the meaning of the saying of our sages, that a Jewish farmer believes, he believes in the life of the world, and Hashem, and he plants. In other words, the laws of nature that Hashem has set forth 
that there's planting, there's harvesting, and those the seasons never stop. Hashem is placed in an un, in a system that He says is unbroke is unbreakable. The seasons are going to continue. You plant, you harvest. By Yidden, that's not the real reason they plant. The real reason that they plant, the real reason they know that things grow, is because the real reason that things grow and that's why he's planting is because Hashem wants it because he believes in Hashem so his belief in Hashem but he knows Hashem wants him to plant but why is it growing because Hashem wants it so what does he feel he feels his belief and that's why he plants a regular person yeah he plants he knows it grows if he thinks about it he knows yeah it's all coming from Hashem everybody has to believe that but no the Yid he starts from believing in Hashem and he understands that everything's from Hashem the growing's from Hashem but Hashem wants him to plant, so he plants. But the Amuna is what's uppermost by him. Ches. It's explaining Chesidus that Dafke in the lowest levels, there is the expression and the revelation of the highest levels. And that's the way it works in miracles also. The miracles that are enclosed in nature have a higher source than the open miracles. And nature has an even higher source. How does this make sense? Revealed miracles come from a place of revealed godliness. When you talk about revealed godliness, there's in Revelation, there are the parameters that accompany Revelation. The parameter of revealed miracle is, if it's coming from a place of Revelation, it needs to come out in a revealed miracle. When you talk about, however, miracles that are enclosed in nature, they, they are from a place where that light of the miracle is higher than needing to be revealed. It's not limited by being defined by being revealed. And therefore, those miracles are able to be enclosed in the garment of nature. However, since that garment of nature does elicit within the person that it's, you feel there's some kind of a miraculous thing happening here, it does elicit kind of a wonder by the person that sees him, till you see, you can really feel and sense palpably that, wow, one second, this looks natural but it's really above nature. So from this we understand that the light that's causing that miracle is somewhat related to revelation. You see it's sparking some kind of an awareness. Dafka, when we talk about Teshua, it's about the savings of Hashem that come totally in a natural way. They're, they're totally hidden in nature. Those come from the essence of Hashem. Because the essence of Hashem has no, absolutely no limitations of revealed or not revealed. And therefore, when we have those savings that are totally higher than nature, when, when we have those savings that th- we don't really feel them in nature, that means because they're coming from a place that's so high that they don't need to be expressed in an open way. They can stay hidden. And it looks just like it's nature. So, um, That he says here in Art 38, and we want to point out that when do we light the Hanukkah candles? When it's light, when it's dark, when the sun sets. Because the concept of the Hanukkah candles is to illuminate the darkness. In other words, the highest levels are coming. Um, highest levels are coming. If, if, it, if, it, if it's not revealed here, if it's dark, it's a sign that it's coming from a really high place. So the miracle of Hanukkah is supposed to illuminate the darkness. In other words, even where it looks dark, where it looks like it's nature, where it looks like there's no God, really we, we reveal that that comes from an even higher place than the revealed miracles. 
And we could say, says the Rebbe in the foot of Yeshleim, and that's why the Alter Rebbe chose in his Nusach, Al Nisecha, Vial Niflo Yisecha. In other words, he's learning that Niflois are, are lower than Nisim, and they're more connected to Teva, because really the main topic of Hanukkah is to enlighten Teva. So let's go, we'll go back in a second to talk about Niflois from a different perspective. And this is also the state of the three things. Why do we thank Hashem? For the Nisim, the Niflois, and the Yeshuas. First, we thank Hashem for the Giluim, for the revealed things. And that Nisim comes from the revealed things. Then we go up, talking, thanking Hashem for the light that's even higher than Giluim, higher than Revelation. Then we talk about Niflois Secha, that's Niflois Secha. Then we talk about thanking Hashem, the Shimcha Godot, to the True greatness of Hashem, the essence of Hashem, which is through Yeshua Secha. So this way, the Rebbe has uh, built it in, in Pshat. It's only Secha; those are the bigger miracles. Nifle Secha, the smaller miracles. Yeshua Secha, the even much more what looks like nature going downwards. But actually, now the Rebbe says that's actually going upwards. First, we thank Hashem for the open miracles; they come from a lower level of godliness, the revealed level. Then, for the Nifle Secha, the wonders which are. Not seen, but they, 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 it's, it's a level of light that's associated with revelation. Then we go to your Shweisecha, the things that look natural, that's thanking Hashem Mamish at the, at the, uh, the highest level. It comes from Atzmos, where it's not even bound up at all in the need to be revealed. It comes from that high. Let's just go back. So that's the, the, the Sikha inside. Let's go back to the fact that Nifloisecha also has another meaning. You see, we've talked about Nifloisecha being. Um, lower, being somewhere between Nisim and Yeshua. Yeshua is being something that looks really natural. There's an even match. And one side wins. That's Hashem saving us. Then there's Niflois, which is a wonder. Wow, the fact that they actually found the oil, that's, that's wondrous. But it's not otherworldly, but it's wondrous. And Nisim is being totally otherworldly. There's another way to learn Niflois, says the Rebbe in, 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 in footnote 16, where Niflois is wondrous even compared to Nisim, even much greater than Nisim. As explained in the Tzemach Tzedek on the Pasuk, just like the days I took you out of Egypt, when Mashiach comes, I will show you Niflois. And one of the titles that the Rebbe always brings is that even comparably to the Nisim, to the miracles of going out of Egypt, when Mashiach comes, I'm going to show you wondrous things compared even to those miracles. These are going to be really wondrous. So it's like a miracle on top of a miracle. As the Medrash says, Hashem is the nace of Moshe and Moshe is the nace of the Jewish people. In other words, Highest level, in that case, Niflois is really high. Here we made Niflois wonder, but not open miracles. There's another way of learning Niflois where it's the highest of the high. And in that way of learning the word Niflois, Nisim Star means that they have some, they have some basis on nature. Another, not, not a basis, they have an achiza. They're somewhat attached to nature. In other words, even when we talk about the military victory of the Maccabees, you have a, a war. And there's weak ones, there's strong ones, and Hashem makes the weak ones victorious. But there's a war, and there's battle, and there's, there, there's, there's weapons. There was a natural war. And so, in other words, compared to, to total Niflois wonders, that's still a natural state of event. And by the way, even when we talk about a, a natural war, the Rebbe says in the start to the order, there are a few different kinds of war. We have the war where in Midian, where the Jews were instructed by Moshe to have indeed an army. But you know what happened? Not one person was killed. So there was a milchama, but it was totally miraculous war. 
there was a, a, a battle, but the victory was absolutely not hinged on, 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 uh, on anything natural. In, in the Melchamas of Hanukkah, there were casualties. There were Jewish people that were killed. So it was more of a, it was a totally miraculous victory, but it, it wasn't totally otherworldly. By the way, you also have a different kind of a war when they conquered Yericha, says the Rebbe, through Yeshua. So the walls fell supernaturally. And then they went and they, then they took, then the Jewish army took up um, uh, weapons and they went with their weapons to fight. But again, this is a fight after this, the walls fall down. This is even more supernatural. But here we're talking about a victory going back to Hanukkah. We're talking about a victory that's a nace. It's a supernatural miracle, but there still is some achiza. It's still, there's some connection with miracle, with, with nature. They're doing a physical battle. Niflois in that case, if we say, we talk about Niflois being wondrous compared to this, and those would be Nisim, those would be miracles that are absolutely opposite nature. No connection to nature. So now let's talk about the miracle of the oil. What was the miracle of the oil? So, uh, um, in other words, as we, as we said towards the end of the Sikha, there's Nisim. So there's the military victory. Military victory is somewhat based on nature. It's higher than Niflois in the first way, in the way we learn Niflois, that Niflois are wonders, like, wow, I found the oil. It's lower, though, than another kind of Niflois, because there's a Niflois that's higher than Nisim, totally supernatural. What about the, and, and, and the, the battle of, of the Hashmanoim was not that Niflois, totally supernatural, because they did have a, a war, and unfortunately some did die. What about the, the, the oil nace? Was it a niflois kind or was it a nisim kind? Did it have an attachment to, to, to nature or was it totally, not the fact that they found the oil, but the fact that the oil lasted for eight days. The Rebbe says this could be dependent on two, the two pirushim. There's an argument in what way that unfolded. One, one way of describing the miracle is that they poured the oil and just more oil was added. Just like we find the, the, the miracle of Elisha. Where Elisha says to the woman, keep pouring oil. They pour oil, pour oil, and it never finishes. The oil keeps going. In other words, that Hashem adds miraculously oil. That's, that's like otherworldly. And so is brought in the Medrash of Maiseh Hanukkah, says the Rebbe. Um, or there's another way of learning the, 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 the miracle. That, yes, they emptied the flask. They filled up the, the menorah. Menorah just burned slower in a supernatural way. There's a usual rate of combustion. It would have lasted one day. No, this lasted for eight days. See, understand, there's the two ways of learning this nest. According to one way of learning the nest, it was like wondrous. Wow, you poured and, and this, the, the, the manure filled and the jug was still full with oil. It's mamish, wondrous. That doesn't have any basis on nature. The other way is when it, the combustion rate goes, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a miracle, supernatural, but still, there's something happening. It is burning. It's burning at a certain rate, but it's burning at a slower rate. At any rate, so that's another level of Niflois. But here the Rebbe is explaining the simple level of Niflois is the wonders that are underneath Nisim. And in this way, the Rebbe explained there's three kinds of miracles. In the beginning of Anayas, we talk about the chronological order. At the end, we talk about the order of amazement and wonderment that they elicit from us because that's what we're thanking Hashem for. Afrelechen, happy Hanukkah.